Welcome to the Not Your Basic Fitspo podcast. I am your host, Carrie Lee, and I am here to keep it real with all things health, nutrition, fitness, weight loss, motherhood, entrepreneurship, all that good stuff. Join me as I pull back the curtain on this crazy fitness industry and hopefully provide you with some clarity and actionable, practical, evidence-based solutions to help you become your best self without sacrificing all that's good in life. If you are listening on a podcast app like iTunes, I would appreciate if you leave a five-star review, if you like the episode, that is. It helps me grow, it helps me reach and help more people and expand this wonderful community. A new episode of the Not Your Fate Basic Fitspo podcast will be dropping every single Monday. That's right, each and every week. So I appreciate you tuning in and I hope you enjoy this next episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. Today, I am going to be sharing the top secrets of my most successful clients, why they're able to achieve long-term weight loss and achieve their health and fitness goals, why others may struggle, what they may be doing that's hindering their progress, why they tend to have a harder time. I'm going to be sharing my experience as a coach. Um as well as what you can do to successfully lose weight and or achieve your health and fitness goals. So let's dive in. Um, For those of you who don't know, I have been a fitness and nutrition coach for, oh gosh, it must be since 2016. Uh, What's that? Seven years now? Seven years, six years, going on seven years now. And I have coached hundreds and hundreds of women, some one-on-one, some in group settings. I've spoken with thousands and thousands of women over social media, you know, had independent discussions with them, helped people indirectly. And going based on my own experience, my data with the clients that I've worked with, um, I wanted to share the secret of my most successful clients. Um, First, most importantly, I think it's important we define what success is. And when it comes to weight loss, some may think success is losing 10 pounds in a week, losing 20 pounds in a few weeks, you know, going off the flashy titles on, on magazines and, you know, what, fitness companies promise when they sell you fat burners or fat loss teas or anything like that. People think success is losing the most amount of weight in the shortest amount of time. And this is not what I mean by success. When I say success, when I'm sharing these stories of my most successful clients, I mean the ones who have completely changed their lifestyle for the better, have lost weight in a healthy, sustainable way, and are able to maintain that long-term while leading an enjoyable, happy, healthy life. This is what success, what I would define as success. Um, And I'm sure you would agree if you you had, you know, a choice between door number one, lose as much weight as possible, but gain it back and door number two, hey, let's uh, lose weight, maybe a little more sustainably, maybe got to do 
a bit more internal work, build some more habits, but maintain it for the rest of my life, I think you'd probably go for door number two. Um, so here's the thing. Not all of my clients have achieved this level of success. There are many who struggle. Uh, you know, we take different approaches. Um, I don't have a one size fit all approach when it comes to working with one-on-one -on -one nutrition and fitness clients. Um, some of them, we track habits. Some of them, we track their food intake using food tracking apps like MyFitnessPal. Um, it really depends, but not all of them are able to we shouldn't say are, aren't able to, but they struggle to achieve this long-term goal. And this is why the clients who struggle the most do so because they still see this goal of weight loss, you know, and the you know, maybe the habits or the guidelines their coach has given them. So let's say me, like the co the program I've given them as something that they are either on or off. So they are either on the program or they are off the program. It's, it's something that, you know, just like a light switch, if, if they're not on the program, if they aren't, let's say it's a client who tracks their intake. If they have a weekend where they forgot to enter something into their diary, they're off the program. They're not, they're, they failed. They're not doing it anymore. You know, they'll start again on Monday. They're probably internally beating themselves up. Um, you know, if they go on vacation and don't exercise, they have fallen off the program. They're not on the program anymore. So that means they're failing. And, you know, again, the internal critic pipes up and starts to, you know, beat themselves up internally and makes it harder for them to continue. So this is, what would be called black and white thinking. It's all or nothing. You know, if you have a, if you have a flat tire in your car, um, these would be the people who would put a hole in the other three and just buy a new car instead of fixing the one tire. And, you know, not all, not they're most likely, I would say all of them aren't doing it intentionally. Sometimes it's just a lack of awareness. And my job as a coach is to help them bring awareness to this type of thinking and, and you know, slowly move away from that to think in more shades of gray rather than in black and white. But this is what I notice um, as a coach, you know, there'll be clients who will skip check-ins, um, you know, or you can just tell that they're feeling pretty down on themselves because they haven't followed the guidelines their coach myself have given them. And as a coach, I can say firsthand that you know, it's not a one and done program. We give guidelines, you know, all the greatest coaches out there, you know, we'll give guidelines. We, we act as GPS systems who constantly adjust and reroute depending on where the client's at. So if this sounds like something you've done in the past, I can tell you that you have not failed your coach. You have not failed that there's always something you can do. Um, and to check in with your coach because nine times out of 10, the check-ins that you don't want to have that you feel like missing are the, are the best ones. Those are the ones where 
you can do the most work, where you can be the most honest with your coach about where you're struggling. And if you are dealing with black and white thinking, then that's where it can be addressed, you know, and your coach is there to support you in that. So that is where I find most of my clients struggle. And the ones who succeed, because I know you want to hear the secret sauce, um, the secret behind their success is that they aren't on or off a program. They are identifying as the person that they want to be. They have changed their identity. It's not just about behavior change. It's identity change. So they see this weight loss, not just not just as weight loss. It's not just this goal. It's not just, I want to lose 10 pounds. It's like, what's on the other side of that? On the other side of that is I'm putting my health and fitness needs first. I'm prioritizing myself. I want to be an active person. I want to be someone who goes for walks regularly. I want to be someone who parks farther away so that I can get in more daily steps. I want to be someone who cooks more at home. I want to be someone who can share a dessert with someone at a restaurant versus always ordering one myself, you know, whatever it is, not saying dessert is bad, but they identify or are working towards changing their identity versus just being on or off a program. So it's more about who they are. So if you think about this in, in uh, a statement, the clients who struggle are the ones who saying, I want to lose weight. I want to prep my meals at home. I want to get more steps. Whereas the ones who succeed, they're saying, I am someone who gets steps. I am someone who cooks more at home. I cook at home. I am a fit and healthy person versus I want to be a fit and healthy person. Um, I have a little backstory here as well that I think may help, uh, you know, um, an experience of mine. I was a smoker for a really long period of time, two decades, and I must have tried to quit smoking so many times, so many times over my life. Every time I got sick, every single New Year's Eve, you know, if, if you've smoked in the past, you know, it's not an easy thing to quit. And as I started to change my identity as a fit and healthy person, I struggled to let go of smoking. It, it was it was just something I was hanging on to. I mean, there was a point where I was so embarrassed by it. I, I absolutely hated smoking, but I just couldn't let it go. I mean, I would smoke with a shower cap on um, and rubber gloves so that I wouldn't smell. I had a smoking jacket. I was doing everything I could to not appear like a smoker or smell like a smoker because that stuff stinks. But, uh, you know, I was really struggling with quitting. And the reason being is because I was still identifying as a smoker. I was a smoker who couldn't smoke. I was a smoker who had to quit smoking. I was a smoker who wasn't supposed to smoke. I, ultimately, I was still identifying as a smoker. So this could be compared to, you know, if you want to be a fit and healthy person and 
you're saying I'm a party animal, but I can't drink alcohol anymore. I don't cook at home, but I need to cook at home. Um, you know, I, I'm lazy, but I have to work out. So you're not identifying as the person you want to become. You're still identifying as what you don't want to be. Um, you know, and I'm assuming if you've signed up with a coach that where you're at right now is somewhere you don't want to be in the future. And what helped me was once I started saying, I don't smoke, I'm a non-smoker and started taking actions from, from that place, you know, it would be one day at a time, you know, it didn't happen overnight, but slowly and surely I began to identify as a non-smoker instead of as a smoker who couldn't smoke and I quit and I think I've been smoke free for probably as long as I've been coaching. I think when I first got more into fitness, I was still smoking a bit, but yeah, it's probably been about six or seven years and uh, it's not something I think about anymore because I just am not a smoker Um, and it's been really helpful. So how do you change your identity? That's the question. It's like, yeah, cool. This sounds great, Carrie, but how the heck do I do that? And I don't have all the best answers. I'm going to do my very best, but I do have, you know, some really great pieces of advice and and things you can put into action. A lot based on the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. That's a really great book if you're looking at, uh, you know, behavior change, wanting to change your life, implement new habits into your life. And one of the first places to start would be assessing your internal values, your beliefs, and starting to make decisions that better align with your values. So for me, for example, and I can use myself as an, as a, as an example, I've lost over 75 pounds. You know, I had a black belt in drinking and and eating nachos pretty much my entire life. Um, you know, so I, I know firsthand what it's like to change identities and starting to write down and understand what your values are for me, integrity and ease, feeling good, um, confidence are all things I value. And at that point, you know, once you've identified what your values are, take a look at your daily actions, you know, not, not with judgment, but write it down, write down your daily actions, your daily habits, and ask yourself whether or not they align with your values and, you know, what you might change. Take, take a little audit of what's, what's going on right now, what you'd like to change. For me, my biggest value is integrity. And I was not practicing self-integrity in any way. I also valued, you know, health and feeling good. And I was not doing pretty much anything at, at that point to be true to myself or make myself feel good. So from there, you can start to make small changes. And, you know, instead of setting a goal when it comes to, you know, like whether you're setting a goal, whether you're working with a coach, instead of just setting a goal, focus on the process, on the journey, on what is going to 
get you to that goal? What systems need to be in place? What habits do you need? Think about the process and break it down into teeny tiny chunks. Because if we think, okay, I, I need to lose 50 pounds, you know, it's, it's incredibly overwhelming because you can't just do that overnight. You know, you have to see the bigger picture, understand that, you know, tiny little habits each and every day, little teeny tiny actions that may not seem like much add up tremendously over time. I love using the paper towel analogy. I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but let's use a roll of paper towels, a full roll of paper towels, let's say a jumbo, a jumbo roll, and we'll compare it to a weight loss journey. Let's say you have to lose 50 pounds. That paper towel, every single piece you pull off, let's say you get to pull off one piece a day. It's not going to seem like you're getting very far. If you're picking up that roll and taking off one piece each and every day, which is the equivalent of pretty much how slow weight loss works, it may not seem like much, but if you keep pulling off a piece each and every day, eventually you're going to get to the center. You are going to get there. Weight loss is the same way. Most people see it. They get frustrated that they haven't lost all that weight yet and they give up. They get frustrated versus thinking about one, the person they want to be that's 50 pounds less, what, what habits do they have? What skills do they need? What's that person's life look like? Because it's not going to look like your life right now. It can't because your life right now, your habits, your current habits are why you're where you're at right now. So you can't, you can't change if you don't change anything, right? So focusing on the process breaking down the process into tiny manageable chunks. So when it comes to weight loss, this could be like, you know, adding more veggies to your meals, um, increasing your protein intake, maybe increasing your daily activity, increasing your sleep, your hours of sleep. Maybe you're not sleeping well enough, improving your sleep quality. This could be drinking more water. It could just be as easy as starting the day with a glass of water, uh, you know, increasing your level of exercise, you're, the amount of time you're exercising could be another example. You know, there's, there's a lot of different ways to go with this depending on your, on your goal, but taking it and breaking it down into tiny manageable chunks and a great coach can help you do this. I do happen to know a great coach. There's one, there's one speaking into the microphone right now, shameless plug, but Breaking it down can can just make it a lot more manageable and help you focus on the process versus just the outcome. Because let me tell you, when you get there, it's not going to feel like a finish line. There, There is no finish line. That's an illusion. So those habits and behaviors that you have built, this identity you've built for yourself is going to keep you going. Because you, you don't just get to a goal and then not have anything you ever want to work on again. You know, you, you basically shift, you know, you have different goals you want to work towards, you know, things that you want to keep improving on. There's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, just focusing on that end goal, like a finish line is going to make it so much harder for you because you're going to be really disappointed if you get there. So with that, I, sorry, I have a couple notes on the side because sometimes I can, uh, I can ramble. So I got to stay organized 
Another thing I like to do with clients, this is called if then planning, and this is related to building, focusing on the process is not just focusing on what you need to do. Like, cool. I need to, I need to meal prep. Um, maybe I want to bulk prep my protein. Maybe I want to get steps on my lunch break every day. Maybe I'm going to limit my restaurant meals to once a week on a Saturday night. Maybe I am going to get to the gym four days a week. Great. This is great. Focusing on what you can do. And here's where a lot of people get stuck. It can be really helpful to, you know, plan what you want to do, but even more powerful and even more helpful to plan for obstacles because you cannot avoid obstacles. People think that when you create a goal, when, you know, you want to get from here to here, that it's just a straight line and progress is not linear. The journey is not linear. There are so many roadblocks and detours. Sometimes you got to turn around. Sometimes you got to go back and get something. Sometimes you got to, you know, stop and hike over a mountain, maybe swim across a river, whatever it is. The journey will never be linear. But instead of focusing on avoiding obstacles, you can plan for them and plan on how you're going to be persistent in the face of them. This is so helpful. Again, this is called if-then planning. If X happens, then I am going to do Y. I like to do this before my weekends. Oftentimes I might have dinner with a friend or you know, maybe there's a week where my son is out of school and you know, our schedules have changed. You can sit down and really visualize like, okay, what am I gonna do differently this week? you know, aligning with your values. I value exercise. This is a priority to me. So what am I going to have to do to make sure this is going to happen? Because the plan's not always going to go to plan. This is a really, really powerful tool. Planning for the obstacles that are absolutely going to happen because you can't avoid them. Trust me. I've tried. It doesn't work. I think there's a lot of clients out there that think it's going to, you know, it's going to be a smooth road, but no, we always end up hitting some bumps and uh, curves along the way. Um, so yeah, envision your obstacles, uh, plan for them. Don't get stressed by them. Don't get stressed if you fall, if you fall over from one or you, or you fail because ultimately what failure is, is just an opportunity to learn. Take assessment, just be like, hey, cool, I failed at this. What can I do better next time? You know, don't don't miss twice. Learn from your mistakes instead of spending time beating yourself up from them. Just look at it and be like, awesome. Now I know what not to do. Now I know that this could happen and this is what I'll do differently next time. It's very powerful and it's a great way to build confidence um, in yourself along along this journey, knowing that there's nothing that could possibly happen that's going to stop you from becoming who you want to be. So another important aspect that drives identity change that, that can inhibit identity change and behavior change is your environment. Then I don't just mean your external environment. I also mean your internal environment. So taking audit of 
you know, your tribe around you? Who, who are you hanging out with? Are, are they aligned with what you're trying, who you're trying to become? You know, if you're someone who wants to focus on improving your health and fitness, but you hang out five days a week with friends after work at happy hour drinking, then it's going to be a harder time. I'm not going to lie because, you know, we are pretty much the sum of, of those closest to us, you know, or the average, not the sum. We're the average of those we surround ourselves with. And, you know, putting yourself in these situations, you know, maybe you're at home and, and you have a spouse who, you know, just likes to order takeout every single night um, that doesn't value exercise, you know, and there are people out there that, that you know, may have a spouse like this and I'm not saying you need to leave your spouse, but I'm, I'm just going to say like, it's going to be a lot harder because those with the best self-control are the people who don't really need to use it much. There is no, like, we don't have different levels of self-control. There's not people that have more than, than someone else. It's just those who succeed with it. Those who practice it better are the ones who don't have to use it as much. And if you are surrounding yourself with, with people or, you know, or in an environment where you are constantly having to flex that self-control muscle, you know, it, you're eventually you're probably going to give in because you're going to be tired of, of constantly making decisions, Right. So your environment, how is your work setting? How, how's your friend group? Who are you surrounding yourself with? So, you know, your external environment, do you have access to a gym? Is, is the gym an hour away? Would you be better off doing home workouts? Is there a gym close to your work? Like, is your environment setting you up to succeed? Is it making it easier for you to change your habits? you know, because especially at the beginning, you want to make these habits as easy as possible and as attractive as possible to be able to stick with them. So if it's, if you've got to drive an hour, you know, to the gym every single day, or, you know, cook a healthy meal in the middle of like poker night, when everybody's like drinking and eating and stuff, it's, it's probably not going to happen. Um, you know, and, and alongside your, external environment, you know, also comes your internal environment. What's going on in that mind of yours? What's your, you know, what's your internal dialogue like? Because that also makes a difference. Are you, is your inner critic getting the best of you? Is your inner critic constantly telling you, oh, what's the point you're going to fail or you've messed up or you can't do this or, oh, we don't want to work out today. I'm too tired, whatever it is. That's also going to make it a lot harder realizing how powerful your, your thoughts are, you know, imagine having a person around you 24 seven cheering you on saying, you can do this. I can't believe how, you know, how amazing you are. You, you worked out today. That's incredible. You should be so proud of yourself. You know, um, we should go to bed earlier tonight. You're you're gonna feel so good in the morning. Oh, I'm so happy we went to bed early. I feel so great. You know, having that inner cheerleader is like having a friend around you supporting you all the time. Whereas, if you have an inner critic, can you imagine spending 24 hours with somebody who's just beating you up? You know, mentally, it's draining, and that's what it's like when you have that internal critic. 
working against you. And this isn't something, again, that you can just change overnight, especially if it's been practiced for a long period of time, right? You're probably in the habit of, of maybe talking down to yourself, maybe speaking negatively to yourself in the mirror or, you know, just self-sabotaging saying, Hey, there's no point. We're, ne- we're never going to do this. Remember last time you failed, you're, you, there's no way you're going to do this this time. And, you know, it's going to take practice and you can prove to yourself that you can do this and make small changes by simply celebrating small wins. This is something I do with my clients. It is the first question I send out in every single check-in form. I say list two to three things that we are celebrating this week. What are your small wins? What are you proud of yourself for? And this can be something as small as I cooked more meals at home this week. I was exhausted at the end of the day Friday and opted for takeout, but ended up ordering something that was higher in protein. It was enjoyable. I still had my veggies. I was able to have some fries. I just, I loved how I was able to order takeout, but still stick to my goals instead of just ordering the large pizza and starting again on Monday, whatever it is. I'm so proud of myself for taking that walk today. I'm so proud of myself for getting to bed earlier. I'm so proud of myself for signing up with a coach and choosing to work on myself. I know that this is a journey and I know that it's a process and I can't mess this up. You know, starting to celebrate small wins, starting to change that internal dialogue. I was someone who had the worst inner critic. For those of you who don't know, I have ADHD. I was diagnosed later in life. This is why I have notes beside me when I'm recording these podcasts, because trust me, I would ramble. But I didn't know when I was younger and with ADHD, a lot of people think, you know, hyperactivity means you're just bouncing off the walls. And yeah, sometimes I have energy, but where my hyperactivity shows up often is in my mind with racing thoughts. So before I had, you know, done my internal work, spent time in therapy, working with life coaches and and just ultimately changing my lifestyle, my inner critic just was nonstop all day long. It was, it was brutal. It was literally like walking around with someone just constantly putting me down and yelling at me and making me question everything that I did. And what I did to change that was starting to document my small wins as small as they were. I remember at the beginning thinking to myself, I have great taste in shoes. I love my shoes. I I'm, I have the best taste in shoes. Like it was just small because you can't just look at yourself and say, like, if, if you hate your body or if, or if you're telling yourself you hate your body, you're not just going to look in the mirror and be like, I love my body. Like you can't go from zero to a hundred, but you can get the practice in by maybe noticing small wins in other things, maybe appreciating other areas about yourself that maybe don't have anything to do with that, you know, and then building momentum from there. I would, you know, if I made lunch at home, I would say, gosh, you made great choices. That was awesome that you made that choice. You know, I'm so proud of you. Um, you know, and just practicing from there again, my journey when I lost originally lost a hundred pounds, you know, that was back in 2015, 2014. 
and what it's 2022 now. And I'm, I'm still at this. Like, this isn't something that you just do overnight. It's a process. Those negative thoughts, I, I can't say they ever really go away either, but you pay less attention to them. You question them more. You question their validity, you know, sometimes just ignore them, you know, separate yourself from them. Instead of saying, oh, I, I feel I feel this way, I could say my inner critic's extra loud today. My inner critic is telling me that these pants look awful on me. My inner critic is telling me that I feel fat today, you know, whatever that is. And you get better at it that way, you know, separating yourself from your thoughts. So doing that audit, you know, circling back of your environment, how is your external environment right now? How is your internal environment? Is it working for or against you? Because if it's working against you, you are going to be walking up a really, really steep hill and it's, it's not going to be easy. So the last thing I want to touch on, because I didn't get too much into how to build new habits. I spoke a little bit about like, you know, habits, healthy habits that you might want to implement if you are, if your goal is weight loss or you just want to be fitter or healthier. Um, but one of the most popular, successful, is that the word I'm looking for? One of the best ways that I help my clients build new habits and it's something I've done with myself, is something called habit stacking. So if you've read the book, James um, Atomic Habits by James Clear, it's, it's in there. But what habit stacking is, is basically stacking a new habit onto something that you're already doing. For those of you who follow me on Instagram, you may notice that every single time I get my steps in, I do so while I watch Disney Plus or Netflix. Right now, lately, I have been binge watching the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I've just finished the entire Defender series on Disney Plus, and I only allow myself to watch the TV when I'm in motion. So whether I go to the gym or I use my treadmill at home, I have stacked the habit of watching Disney Plus or Netflix on to getting my steps. Let me tell you, it's never been easier to get my 10,000 steps a day, especially when I'm really into a show because I can walk for an hour easily. And it's been something that's really, it's been really easy and enjoyable for me to implement. So remember before when I said, when it came to building habits that you want to make it easy and as satisfying and as enjoyable as possible for yourself. So you know, some other examples of habit stacking might be when you drop your child off at school, you, you know, maybe get out of the car and go for a walk. Um, you know, it really depends on obviously who you are and what your life is like, but maybe when you're making dinner, you prepare your breakfast or lunch for the next day. Maybe when you make your dinner, you always make double so that you have lunch for the next day. That could be something instead of thinking about, I have to make dinner and then I have to make lunch. Um, something I do getting my son's lunches ready, you know, cause that, that takes time is whenever I do Sunday dinner and Wednesday dinner, I make two lunches in a row, um, two or three lunches so that they're prepared for the week. So that's a habit that I stacked onto that's just made it a lot easier. So I'm not scrambling at the last minute. So there's lots of different things you can do for this. This doesn't just apply to 
health and fitness, but definitely something worth checking out. That is it today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I really appreciate you listening and can't wait for next time. This podcast was produced by yours truly, Carrie Lee of Carrie Lee Fitness Coaching, your health and fitness bestie. To find out more ways that I can help you, head on over to my website, www.carrieleefitness.com. From there, you can apply for one-on-one coaching, join the Fit Method by monthly workout subscription, or grab a free resource like my beginner's guide to fat loss. If you're not already, be sure to follow me on the gram and TikTok at Carrie Lee Fitness. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.